Hello, hello out there, everyone in Geek Vibes Nation. It's your friend Dane, if you couldn't tell by that intro that I do for every fucking show that I do. But, hey, I'm trying to get original around here. Maybe it will happen in the future. But we got another enticing episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, the show in which we talk about professional wrestling, if you will. Um, professional wrestling, that's sports entertainment, Vince McMahon. Do you hear me, you son of a bitch? Get better, man. You've got a fucking concussion or some shit. But we'll get to that later. Uh, we've got a great show in store for you guys. Remember, if you want to call and ask a question, just call at 929-477-3781. Um, you'll be on hold at that point. Press 1, and we will let you, uh, you know, ask a question. If we desire to. We don't have to. Just remember that. Just kidding. We'll, we'll do that because we like you guys. Anyways, of course, I want to introduce my co-host, who's always here with me. Um, you know, I, I feel like I talk to him so much I can smell him. Uh, Christopher Ray Patton. How are you doing, Mr. Patton? Man, I am doing wonderful. I am uh, super stoked to talk about wrestling for this two-week break. So, can't wait. I, I know it, it was kind of fuzzy on your end, but how would you like that little intro music? That's pretty cool. That's that uh, mashup that you sent with uh, Kevin Owens Stone Cold, right? Yeah, I got another one later on that we'll uh, go out to. But uh, Mr. Mashup, I think, is the guy that makes all of them. Uh, very cool. Some of them do not work at all, but he actually make, mixed uh, – Bret Hart's um, intro with uh, Enter Sandman, and it, and the leveling that he did in the song was actually pretty uh, pretty good. But uh, this is not about mashing songs together like a bunch of nerds. This is about wrestling, and we actually have a professional wrestler on our show. My good buddy uh, Philip Shatburn, uh, comedian, uh, talent, and overall dude of, among dudes. Uh, Philip, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Uh, I guess uh, let's get started, guys. Uh, we got to start with a sad note, a little bit of a reflection, if you will. Um, unfortunate events. Uh, basically, Bobby the Brain Heenan, um, arguably, uh, I, I'm not going to even say arguably, because if you don't believe it, you just don't know what you're talking about. Either you weren't born in the area, or you just really just don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Um, the greatest... Manager, uh, the probably one of the greatest uh, commentators, especially for heel, and uh, just comedic sense and timing and everything. And honestly, um, I haven't seen enough of it. But you know, judging from people like Jim Ross and Triple H and Ric Flair, one of the greatest in-ring performers as well. Because apparently, Bobby Heenan was an amazing wrestler uh, before he decided to do this or go to managing, where I think most people know him from. And then uh, obviously working with. Uh, the late, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Gorilla Monsoon, uh, was a great commentating team. He would, tr- or he would go to WCW and uh, do it with um, Tony Schiavone. And um, I don't know. It's actually hitting me again now that I think about it. He was probably the funniest uh, guy in wrestling. Uh, you know, it's, it's sad that the two funniest guys, arguably, in wrestling, to a lot of people, I think, in wrestling fans – is him and Roddy Roddy Piper. Both of them tragically have well, both left us. And it just sucks um, for for the major thing of how good and nice he was, even though he was playing a sinister heel most of the time. Uh, he loved his fans. And, you know, his whole battle with throat cancer for the last 15 years was just sad to watch. Even when I didn't watch wrestling, when I found an update and just saw how he, you know, he looked and – it, it was just sad because the, the man was born with the gift of gab and he ended up 
you know, losing the ability to speak and, you know, still willed himself to conventions and, you know, just said screw it. And that's says a lot about the human spirit within that man. But uh, one of the most intelligent guys in wrestling, I will never forget when my, my favorite one, I, I don't know if it was on Saturday morning or, or something like that, but I was watching my favorite tag team uh, get interviewed by Bruce and Barbara Beefcake um, on his little show that they gave him. And it was the uh, Rockers. And Shawn Michaels super kicked Barry Jannetty and then threw him through the glass. And I don't remember exactly what was said, but I remember this being a kid and, and listening to Bobby the Brain Heenan. And he said something on the lines of, did you see that? He, he jumped out of the window to flee Shawn McMichaels. That is an act of cowardice. And just, of course, right immediately after Gorilla Monsoon said, well, you stop. And I'd like to believe that you know, Bobby said something about Gorilla's weight when he saw him in the afterlife and was followed by Monsoon saying, will you stop? Because that was a relationship and it was like a chunk of my childhood just got taken away. Well, not that sounds selfish, but you understand what I'm saying, Chris um, and Philip. Uh, but Chris, first, uh, do you want to share anything, any memories or favorite things about Bobby the Brain Heenan? Honestly, my favorite thing about Bobby the Brain Heenan was his colored commentary uh, alongside Tony Schiavone in WCW as someone that watched a ton of WCW as a kid, more so than WWF up until, um, I guess, Stone Cold in Austin. Um, And just hearing him every Monday night and just the small little books he would make, even going back and watching a lot of that stuff is is always, it still feels fresh. Uh, His commentating was, to me, the best color commentating I've ever heard. Jerry the King Waller is also great, but to, to me, Bobby the Brain Heenan is probably the greatest commentator of all time. And uh, as far as, you know, my earliest moment remembering Bobby the Brain Heenan is, is going to be when he was managing Andre the Giant and those old VHS tapes that I used to rent uh, from, you know, Blockbuster or the local video store, which was Video Depot in Gainesville, Georgia. Uh, so, you know, I had an opportunity to meet him in 2000. Uh, 12 at Legends of Wrestling, NWA Legends of Wrestling. He was super nice, and uh, it's sad to see that he passed on and transitioned through this tough, tough time. But uh, all around, just one of the greatest commentators, definitely a great manager. I didn't have as much experience watching him managing other outside of the Andre the Giant stint that he had, um, just mainly because I didn't keep up with WWF as much as I you know, would have during that time period, I was bigger into WCW. So, um, but definitely always one of my favorite color commentators because of his time in WCW, uh, specifically leading up to bash at the beach with NWO. Um, a lot of that stuff was just really, really great. Yeah. And I, I mean, I completely understand. I was obviously we've talked about this before. I'm from Boston. So WWF was watched by my dad and, uh, he actually, and probably shouldn't have done this, and I don't want the uh, police to go after him, but he used to record all the pay-per-views, and I watched him like a million times. I do remember watching Hulk Hogan slam Andre the Giant. I, I was really little. I had to been like four years old, five years old maybe, but I remember that. Uh, but he was in charge of all the great heel talent. Uh, Haku, um, you know, uh, Ric Flair when he got, when he finally came to WWF, uh, Mr. Perfect, uh Obviously, uh, Andre the Giant, uh, King Kong Bundy. So he was like Hulk Hogan's 
honestly, Hulk Hogan's worst villain, his Lex Luthor, if you will, not Luger, um, was Bobby the Brain Heenan for the most part, uh, and then just to see him become a commentator. Uh, but uh, anyways, uh, Philip, uh, do you want to say anything about uh, the Brain? Uh, any memories or anything like that? Yeah, um, a memory. It was when he was about to go to WCW, and they were writing him off of Raw when uh, yeah. I think there was Gorilla Monsoon, like, throwing him out, like, throwing his bags and stuff. And, like, each week he would return to, like, try to sneak in. Like, he would be dressed like someone's grandma or, like, a rabbi and stuff. And to me, that that guy was a natural comedian in a business that sometimes they take themselves a little bit too seriously, if you know what I mean. And that that's – I don't – want to go along, but that's the memory I have. And, of course, uh, the Heenan stable and all that and WCW with his commentary was great. He was a good smartass. And that's, very that, that's what I want to say there. I got you, man. And, yeah, definitely, he was a great smartass. And I, I do remember that. I, I remember literally Gorilla Monsoon, who wasn't on TV as much then, because this is when everyone thought that he was the president, I think. Uh, before Sean and Brett went against each other. But, uh, yeah, he literally took Bobby and, like, at the end threw him out and then took all this stuff and threw it out, and they actually milked it for a little while until Bobby left. But they did that because I think it was his idea, which is even more hysterical. I also remember – I don't, I forgot the WrestleMania, but they had it in uh, Vegas out, outside. It was probably one of the worst outcomes for the uh, event because that's the one where Hulk Hogan decided to take on Yokozuna real quick out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, Brett yeah, yeah, to get his last – his last little stint of glory. Yeah, in, yeah. In yeah. His little, right at the end, uh, his, his eye was all fucked up and, and messed up. I think he got in a bar fight. I don't remember exactly. But the point being, at the beginning, they introduced everyone, and they put Bobby the Brain Heenan the opposite way on a camel and set them out there, and he was freaking out the whole yeah. entire time. Just hilarious. Yeah. And the man, the man was very gifted, at both being a heel and also being hilarious. And he knew how to turn on dramatic effect and also comedic effect very, very well. Yeah. It, I was thinking about it today. And modern modern wrestling, uh, I guess someone would probably think that I'm about to say, like, Corey Graves, just because he's a heel commentator. He actually, no, he doesn't remind me of uh, of, of Bobby and, and the way that he can just come back and the anger, the aggression, no, and turn on the humor part. I would actually say The Miz, honestly, lots of stuff, because I know that he just – he basically gets his lines and he goes, whatever. He knows the points. And he just goes out there for the most part. Yeah. He's not like Roman Reigns where you can tell Roman's been reading this in the back right before he freaking came out. He's like, been line he reading. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 the Miz, the way that he directs stuff, especially like if you, there was a great video where by the brain, Heenan uh, came back King Kong Bundy and mean Gene goes to talk to him and he goes, I had, I had something I wanted to ask you. And he goes, oh, did you? And he grabs his mic and he goes, well, I don't care. So you get out of here. And like kicks me and yeah. Oakland out of the interview section. Stuff like that. I do see uh, Mizish, um, you know, uh, but yeah, it's, it, it's, we'll never, we'll never see someone like that. And the, someone that's able to bring comedy, like I said, and be that good of a heel. And from what a lot of people say, a great in-ring entertainer as well. Kudos to you, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Um, going to do a moment of silence real quick. We'll just uh, pause for a couple seconds, and then we'll go into the first topic tonight. All right.
All right, we're back. Uh, it's time to talk about um, a cool thing that uh, happened this last couple of weeks. Well, they, they, they videotaped them uh, a month or two ago, actually, but the Mae Young Classic premiered in the last couple of weeks, and we've gotten a chance to watch it throughout that time period. And the finals was last week, uh, in which uh, Shayna Baszler went against Caddy Sane, and uh, Caddy actually ended up winning. Um, Awesome, and also Chris is going to say this 6,000 times, but he predicted this, and he did predict it. So if you want to go back and listen, he definitely said it. So kudos to you, Chris. So far as that and the Hardy Boys, you know, if you could predict some uh, some other great wrestlers to come back or to whatever, that would be great. Um, like your Miss Cleo. I don't know if anyone will get that 99, 2000 reference. But uh, anyways, uh, Mayon Classic was amazing. A lot of great female talent from all over the world displayed. Uh, some didn't make it further than others, but still, I, I think that when you go into the first round, at least, and we'll kind of like, you know, I'm just going to pass it, and we'll just talk a little bit and, uh, you know, go through the whole entire thing, but with the first round, I still think that uh, Jazzy, uh, I think it's Gabbard, the German, uh, who reminded, I think, everyone of the Russian from Rocky, uh, she was very over, and I think that, honestly, the first match with Kari Sane and uh, what's Ricochet's uh, wife, um, Blanchard, uh, Tessa Blanchard. Incredible yeah, match, one of the best matches of the whole entire uh, thing. And I kind of, it kind of sucks for her to like go away immediately. I don't know why they didn't keep her around, but it is what it is. Uh, I thought that Piper Niven was awesome. I really hope they sign her. Uh, I thought that her friend Tony Storm that she lost to was awesome. I can't believe she's only 22. She's got a lot of potential. Um, just everyone, and even like Mercedes and uh, and and uh, and Baszler. Like a lot of people, like were like just dogging on them because they do obviously, you know, Josh Barnett uh, taught Shayna the whole MMA kind of style that's that's mixing with professional wrestling. That exact style that he's teaching, and a lot of wrestlers are using that, and they'll they'll, they'll dog on them. It's like their their job is not to do high flying shit. They're supposed to be intimidating, big, and for what they did, both Mercedes and Shayna Baszler, I think they did a damn good job, and they're fine in the tournament itself. Um, I thought the tournament was awesome, though. I thought the commentating, uh, Leah kept on kind of getting lost in the matches. I think she was so happy and excited about it that JR would have to get her back on track. Uh, but great commentating, um, and just an overall a great experience. It's just, um, you know, we'll, we'll get down to what the what-ifs, but uh, Chris, how did you like the tournament overall? The tournament overall was super enjoyable. It's really great to see a lot of these females get an opportunity to be on the WWE Network after seeing them wrestle so many different places all over the world. Um, but uh, Tessa, Tessa Blanchard versus Carrie Zane was my match of the entire tournament. I thought that match was uh, freaking That's phenomenal. That's what JR said. I agree. Um, it, it was just incredible. And if you watch, if you're not big on female wrestling in general, maybe you're still that kind of person, definitely check out that match. I think it could change your opinion of what women can do in the ring. I thought it was uh, just phenomenal. I thought it was definitely the match of the tournament. There were some other highlights. Uh, I really liked uh, uh, Shayna Baszler. I think that she is a good signing by WWE. I think she officially signed today or yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, earlier in the week anyways, um, to a contract. So she is signed on to NXT as far as I'm aware. Um and then, like, there were some people didn't stick around too long in the tournament, but, like, Dakota Kai I thought was really good. Um, 
Tori Storm, obviously. Uh, Lacey Evans, I feel like it's someone they're pushing that I just didn't really find entertaining at all. Maybe that's just me. Um, but other than that, I, I really enjoyed the tournament. And, I mean, it was a lot of fun. It's just something different to watch. And uh, I thought it was presented very well. I thought the announcing was good. It was it was nice to have a female commentator um, for these female matches, uh, especially someone with the respect that it has in the business. So, uh, overall, man, it was super enjoyable. And I recommend, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, definitely check it out. And, and if you don't feel like you want to watch all of it, at the very least, check out you know, Blanchard versus Kerry Zane. It was flipping amazing. And also, I totally called the winner. <laughs> <laughs> Told you he was going to say it. Um, yeah, and I, I would agree. I would definitely, I mean, I hate to say this, but any Kerry Zane fight or match within there, was the good matches. I mean, all there were a lot of good matches outside of that, but I'm just saying if you want to get to, like, some of the best ones performed, either just because, like, Dakota Kai, the one between her, the two of them, that was a great match. Uh, she's a good wrestler, man, and she worked with a lot of good talent, too, at the same time. Philip, did you get a chance to watch um, any of the tournament? Um, I didn't get a chance to watch any of it, but I've kept up with uh, highlights and stuff to know enough, but I think it's cool that they come up with these uh, different uh, uh, tournaments and stuff. Like they had uh, the UK thing, the cruiserweight, and now the women's thing. They could do a lot more with that kind of thing each, each, I don't know, whenever they come out with it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's actually, that kind of leads into what I was going to go into anyways, is that the one thing that it has in common with, uh, you know, those other two tournaments you were just talking about, those other two tournaments, one's supposed to be in the works, but I don't even know. I don't know why WWE, if they work with Progress, or Progress Wrestling over in, or in uh, England anyway, doesn't just try to televise yeah. their stuff and do like a joint effort, probably because they want everything themselves. I have no idea, but... There's a there's supposed to be and even Jim Ross is who's supposed to commentate for it. He has no idea if it's going to happen. Uh, you know a, a UK show coming out, but you know you look at the cruiserweight with 205 Live and they're only doing well now because they 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 made Enzo Amore, who's not even that much of a cruiserweight yeah. wrestler, if you will, um, or wrestler in general. Uh, or wrestler. But with the women's, it might be different. I don't know. Um, it's 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 a concept. Should there be a women's wrestling show from WWE? Uh, one problem it does is it, it secludes the interaction between the talent and stuff like that. But at the same time, how many days are you going to try to do it? Are you going to do like a uh, main title and then like a you know a, a lightweight title and then a tag team title or something? Um, it, it doesn't seem unless you actually took all the women. Out of there, you know, and the, some of them are huge draws. You you can see that SmackDown and Raw have no problem doing now main events with, like, if Charlotte's involved or Sasha, Austin's going to be the same concept. If you took the women and made their own wrestling show, why would they be on any of the other main shows? They'd all have to be on one, you know, and I don't know if that would make sense for them to do that, like, just to take them all away. I don't know if 205 was the smartest idea. I think this is a more money maker that people would watch it more so than 205 Live, but you're still taking those talents and taking them away from it. It would definitely can't, it can't be a network exclusive at that point because 
you know, you're, you're kind of wasting certain people and opportunities with Charlotte, like I said. Uh, Chris, what do you think about all this concept yourself? Uh, I, th- I think having a separate show is probably a bad idea. I would say getting more females involved in NXT, even if you're bringing them in for like a month period at a time, booking-wise, is harder than having a separate show. And the reason I say that is because um, you're splitting your audience a lot. Uh, you know, say you say you have a family like with little girls that watch only Raw. Now you're splitting it to a separate show that you. The husband might not be interested in. I, I feel like at some point, you know, it is female wrestling, and there is still negative connotations around that. Unfortunately, um, given its own show, I think it might end up in the same realm as 205, where it gets kind of uh, especially because, like you said, I don't think that they're going to take like someone like Charlotte completely out of the main roster, just because she is a draw, uh, and she's more of a draw than some of the men that are on are on that roster. So. Uh, it, to me, it just financially wouldn't make sense. I would say building NXT up, maybe moving that to you know, a longer show that incorporates more female wrestling, is probably a better idea than creating a separate show. Because I think it'll get uh, more views for NXT, and you can always move your talent. You know, you can have someone from you know the main roster wrestle on NXT. There's no reason why you can't do that. And I don't know why they haven't done that more with some of the other talent they have. I, we've talked about that before in detail, but there's, I mean, if they want to bring some of these girls in for one-off appearances, or um, I should say females, not not girls, they're not girls, obviously, but if, if you wanted to bring some of these female wrestlers in for one-off appearances for NXT or for month time periods, like what they did with, like, Mickey Jane past, there's definitely ways to do that that I think make more sense than trying to build a completely separate brand, because I feel like a lot of the problem with the product is starts beginning when they start spreading things that. And that's why I like the tournament concept, even going back to Cruiserweight and how I never really thought that should be a show, but the tournament made so much more sense. There's The tournament kind of means more. And even if you did like a tournament quarterly and did like the Mayor Young tournament quarterly and had a title, just did it in like a four-episode block that was pre-filmed, I think that it's still a better idea than doing like a weekly show. I agree. I think that that's a much uh, smarter way to go about it. Um, Philip, how do you? What do you think about this? Um, I think if they did do a women's show like uh, 205, it, it's like what it, it like it would just be the same shit, and people would check it out for maybe a couple episodes, and then go, all right, I get it, I don't care, and then they they'll go back to Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, that that's, that's the thing that, that you'd have to worry about with something like that. Um, I don't know. Uh, it, it's crazy. Uh, one thing I guess we should talk about, too, that was in the whole entire tournament, uh, they had this angle going that we've been hearing about uh, that seems like they're going to be going full speed. Uh, it's scheduled, I think. Maybe it's just a rumor at this point. I'm pretty sure it's confirmed. Uh that they're going to be doing something at Survivor Series, and it was an interaction, an altercation, if you will, um, between the four horsewomen of MMA, uh, who include Shayna Baszler and um, Ronda Rousey, some 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 girl from MMA, 
And uh, two others, I forgot what their names are. I know one of them is actually uh, Roderick Strong's wife. Um, and then also the WWE uh, four horsewomen between Charlotte, Sasha, um, well, Bailey, and uh, who, who's the other person I'm forgetting? Oh, um, Becky. Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch. Yeah. So we saw this go down. And, man, I'm, I'm telling you, I swear people just don't understand the concept of, of, of money to be made. I think we've talked about it at length again. But so many people are worried that Ronda Rousey is going to take all the female wrestlers' spotlight. And they don't fucking realize, at least to me, and maybe I could be wrong, um, that if anything, she's highlighting the spotlight that's already there on the women's division as a whole. And if anything, that will yeah. help things out no matter what going forward. So if you really like these female wrestlers, this is only going to be good. If you think they're going to give her the fucking women's title like that, I don't think that's going to happen. If she's even there long enough to be able to win that, I think she'd be a good champion. I think they would treat her like a Brock Lesnar of sorts. But, you know, let that happen naturally and judge it. Then don't freak the fuck out and say that the women's division is going to get screwed because Ronda Rousey might be coming into it in some way, shape, or form, whether it's a Survivor Series and then her and Charlotte have a follow-up at, at Mania, which is the rumored concept going around now. If that happens, that can only be good. Um, I, I, I don't know which way to say it. The only way that I could say that would be bad is if Charlotte has a title and she loses to Ronda Rousey. That wouldn't be a good outcome for WrestleMania. And who knows? Maybe they're going to try to do it. But, you know, I, I don't give WWE much benefit to doubt. And I don't think they would have that much of a long-term concept, but I think that they have their senses about them of what they would do with Ronda Rousey. And I don't think that them interacting with her is bad for fucking business whatsoever. Uh, you know, you're going to have to get over it. We have Erica Weeb uh, coming in, and she's an ex-Olympian uh, from Canada for wrestling. Uh, she's been training uh, over at the uh, Performance Center. I don't think she signed completely, but they just signed uh, the the – the girl who won American Ninja War, I forgot what her name is. She's small. She's a badass. But they also signed her. There's going to be other people that are going to come into the women's division. We want a lot of different styles and people from different – you don't have to just come from wrestling. You know, it, all it's going to do is, is brighten the division and build it. Um, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe maybe I'm looking at it a different way. Uh, Philip, how do you feel about that? Well, I totally 100% agree with you. Um it's uh, the marks get angry when someone outside of wrestling comes into wrestling, and to me that's it, it's fucking entertainment. Let's see how it goes. If it goes great, then good. If it goes bad, then oh well, that's something else to bitch about. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, I don't know, man. And, and you're right. It is usually the marks. Man, my headphones keep on coming out. I apologize, guys. Hello. Marks. But yeah, Philip, uh, is is it the marks or or is it the 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 uh, the uh, quote unquote smart marks that are like this? Because I usually it's the smart. Like if, I think it's the smarts. It, so the marks are probably excited about it because they also watch like MMA. So they're like, oh shit. But I think with other smarts, they're like, that's not wrestling. This is stupid. Let's keep it mid-south. No, 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 no. Things change, and sometimes they suck, and sometimes they're good. You just, yeah. it's like politics. You're going to get four shitty years. You might get four good years. Just fucking deal with it. Pay your taxes, even though they're bullshit. <laughs> 
Ah, Philip, love it. <laughs> Chris, uh, how do you feel? I mean, we've talked about this on the show before, and I still feel you know the same way as I felt before. I, I think it's smart for business. I feel like that that name value alone is still a big draw, and as long as she can figure out what she's doing in the ring and can work a simple match, I still think it can make sense. She can still build Ronda Rousey up as a huge monster, and even if it's just setting up a four-way and then down the line a match with Charlotte, even if she ends up beating Charlotte, it's not the worst thing in the world if they have someone like Asuka who they want to put uh, like over. You know, it it's just depends on where they're going with it and what they actually want to do. Um, if the end goal is to make Asuka the undefeated monster and keep her that way for a long period of time, having her beat someone like uh, Ronda Rousey after Ronda Rousey beats Charlotte, beats Sasha, or so on and so forth, is just going to make her look stronger. Um, I think Ronda gives a rub to the entire women's division because she is the name value alone is still bigger than anyone that's in, you know, women's wrestling, maybe outside of Charlotte Flair. And I think Charlotte Flair gets a rub just because her last name is you know, Flair. Um, yeah. I, Absolutely. I, I, you know, I, I, it's not bad for business. Anytime you're drawing attention in the way that they're drawing attention, where you have Fox sports talking about the fact that this might be a possibility, you know, on the UFC network, they're talking about the fact this might be a possibility. Those are those are all outlooks outside of wrestling fans that are garnering attention. At the end of the day, I mean, that was the spectacle of WrestleMania to begin with, is to get people who don't watch wrestling to watch wrestling by getting these celebrities involved and these other athletes involved, such as Muhammad Ali or uh, Cindy Lauper in the 80s. Like, like as Taylor. long as there's an end to what they're trying to do, I have absolutely no problem with it. What I don't want to see and what I think most people's fear is, is you end up with a situation where you have Ronda Rousey, you have the title, and then she's never on TV, similar to uh, Brock Lesnar, which they've done better about as of late, but it's still, you know, that's that's kind of, the, you know, what's in everyone's craw is the fact that the title has been off TV for so long. Um, and they see Brock Lesnar, and Ronda Rousey is also from UFC, and that's immediately what they see and what they think. Um, I don't think it'll be that kind of thing at matches, and uh, I, I just don't ever see Ronda Rousey being a full-time wrestler. Uh, so I would think it'd be a couple of big, you know, maybe a quick run, um, and probably not even a title, more just like she had has, has an undefeated streak leading up to whoever beats her, and that gives someone like a real big push. Uh, that would be the way I would book it. But you know, we've talked about this on plenty of other shows, so I don't I don't want to beat a dead yeah. horse, but it's definitely not definitely not bad for business that the name recognition alone and the fact that you have four horsemen versus four horsemen type deal and uh, possibly getting Ric Flair involved. There's a, there's a ton of stuff that they can do to make that work where it's going to make more people want to see it um, than not see it. So even if there's the one wrestling fan who's already a huge wrestling fan gets upset because Ronda Rousey's there, it's not aimed at them to begin with. It's aimed at people who aren't, you know, who aren't wrestling fans or who might not ever watch a wrestling pay-per-view outside of someone like Ronda Rousey showing up. And, and you know, that's who they're looking for. With yeah, I like agree. That. No, and I agree with you too. I just think that, you know, some of those fans need to quit pouting and fucking, I don't know, go out and just, just take a nap or some shit. I, I just, I don't, I don't have time for you. You guys annoy the shit out of me. I, like I said, take a nap, guys, you'll be fine. Well, I've, I've told Chris I need to quit going in the comment section on Facebook on WWE's personal page on any of their updates because 
ton of people on there. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how you breathe, like, so, with some of the shit that you're saying. He's saying fucking morons that will, like, talk up Jinder Mahal and base it on the fact that he has a good look. Um, but, you know, talk shit about Kevin Owens. I, I, I just don't understand it. I never will. And honestly, that concept can go fuck itself. Just the concept, not you as the individual. We won't talk about that. Yeah. But, uh, guys, I got a nice little uh, journey we're going to go on. A fun extravaganza. It's called the Global Force Wrestling Traveling Circus Show. What no, the no. fuck is going on over there? My God, guys. Like, seriously, can we just... I, I, I started watching it. And you know what sucks about me starting watching it is because I started liking it. And I liked a lot of the talent over there. And now this is going to be a third time where basically the storyline is going to have to be completely changed just awkwardly in it like they did with Alberto El Patron when they stripped the title and it was like, oh, never mind, he doesn't exist. And now they're going to have to do it again because they brought in Jim Cornette and then the dumbasses set bound for glory in Canada. Jim Cornette gets pissed off because he can't go over there, which is, you know, some of his own bullshit because from what I remember, it's not really that great of a reasoning. It's more him being stubborn, but whatever. Point is, if he can't get over there and they're not willing to do it, I guess he got pissed off or frustrated enough. Now it's it's been, I think, confirmed Cornette is completely done with Global Force Wrestling. They've lost Jeff Jarrett, who I thought fucking owned Global Force Wrestling and just merged it with Impact. I'm so confused about that still. Um, you know, Rey Mysterio was in negotiations. He said, screw that. Um, they lost Loki out of nowhere. It's like they keep on just... We need to go over there and just – I want to go and grab EC3 and Moose and be like, guys, come with me and grab a couple other guys over there. Uh, Johnny Mundo probably is better off, honestly, without WWE. Um, Johnny Impact? Even though I think he's a f- – yeah. Oh, I mean Johnny Impact. I forgot. Uh, I thought actually <laughs> yeah. that was kind of funny. Would that mean that if yeah. he came on Raw and SmackDown, he'd be Johnny SmackDown or Johnny Raw? Because Johnny Raw sounds like a porn star's name from the 70s. And that's yeah, really he'd that probably have to be Johnny SmackDown. Johnny, Johnny Raw is a little like bit too that. much. Um, but, you know, just, just getting back to the subject at hand, this fucking ship is the, like the slowest sinking ship I've ever witnessed in my life. I don't want it to do bad. I like options for wrestling talent. I don't want them to just, you know, the WWE is the only thing. No, I like different wrestling. I like that they're associating themselves with AAA and then all the fucking bullshit that happened over there at Triple Mania, uh, you know, between Rosemary, you know, and... Uh, Oh, my God. All, all of that shit. It's just like it's everything keeps on affecting them. And it doesn't seem like this is just going to end well. And I know Matt Hardy is laughing like an ass off to himself about this. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, but, but Philip, uh, you know, uh, Global Force Wrestling. First, do you think that the company is going to be done soon because of all this stuff? Or do you think somehow they'll figure out a way and maybe another rock star like Billy Corgan will come and buy it the fuck out? Um, well, eating is going to be dead, dead in the water. Um, maybe Maynard James Keenan's into wrestling and we just never knew about it. When he, when I found out that Corgan bought it, I was like, what? It's like, all right, well, that's kind of cool. Me, Corgan. That's for him. And, and then he bought out NWA, but you know, hopefully he'll try to get that going better than fucking TNA. Dixie Carter fucked him yeah. over on that whole entire thing. Um, but just Basically, is it fucked? Let me just throw it to you on that one. And um, so I get a chance to ask you last week, would you like to see in certain other places if it does go down? Because I want to see a lot of these guys okay. obviously excel outside of it, you know? Um, global Force. The thing about it is, like, I've tried to watch 
impact like years back. And all that is is like a spawn of that. Um, it's but it's a different company, I think. I don't know. And uh, every time I turn that TV on, I would just you know or the deuce chills. When you're just like, ah, ugh, gross, that person sucks. That was that was watching Impact. And Global Force, I'll, like, read about, and I'm like, that, that sounds stupid. I don't know. I they, They've always, like, you thought they were gone, and then they'd come back. So I, I maybe they just, they just, yeah, they just don't die. It's just people hate them more each time they come back. Well, the thing is, I didn't even hate it per se. Like, I thought they had some great things going for them. Um, I got to say, Conan's a great guy on the mic, you know, even though he's not wrestling over there. And I, I like that yeah. some of the guys I was watching on, on Lucha Underground were also participating, like Draco and, uh, you know, I think maybe he's the only one. But still, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, Pentagon didn't go over there. He's like, fuck that. Well, they have talent. Uh, That's not the problem. Yeah, they don't know how to use their talent. I mean, they make WWE look yeah. like fucking, like, I don't know, really good. Let me just put it that way. Um, mm. Chris, how do, you, how, how do you feel about all this? I, losing Jim Cornette is a big loss for them because I think a lot of Jim Cornette's fans with the cult of Cornette and everyone that listened to his podcast had been watching their show, which had bumped ratings. Um, quite a bit more than I, I think that they expected. So losing him definitely sucks. Uh, and then also not getting the Rey Mysterio signing sucks. Uh, Jeff Jarrett basically parting ways, mostly because the company is, from what I, from all that I can tell from multiple sources, they've been trying to sell the company again. Um, Bound for Glory, they're saying they're going to have a house size of 500 people. And that's one of their big pay-per-views. It's, uh, I mean, it's... And that's like a Ring of Honor show. Numbers-wise. So it's not looking good for them. And if, you know, if Anthem's tired of throwing money at it and they don't think it's making them any money, if they lose TV time, that company becomes worthless other than the tape library, which we've talked about previously. So I could see something like WWE buying the company and just mostly for the tape library and then cutting you know, if there's people under contract cutting them checks to get rid of them in similar ways they did WCW and possibly keeping a few wrestlers here or there. It sucks, but that's kind of, I think, where they're at at this point. And it's, you can only, you know, bail water out of a sinking ship for so long. And they've done that for so long. But if they lose their TV contract with Anthem, if they're off Pop Network, they, there's nothing to keep them on TV at all anymore. Um, yeah, like what other network would, is there? It's that becomes a huge problem, and I mean yeah. that's yep. essentially what happened when Eric Bischoff tried to buy WCW is because he couldn't. Originally, it was packaged with the time slot, and because he couldn't get the time slot, he couldn't get any investments. If you don't have TV time, you pretty much have nothing unless they're going to run this thing, you know, off the internet, WWE Network style or something. But. Um, yeah, it's not looking good, and the constant switching, especially with people at the top like Jim Cornette, who's part of the major storyline, or Alberto Patron is part of the major storyline, or Loki, who's part of the major storyline. When you start continuously losing those guys without resolving storylines, you're shitting on your fans, and even the most diehard of fans will eventually, you can only shit on them for so long before they're just like, well, fuck this. 
And I think they're at that point. Even the people that have stuck with TNA all these years um, are probably looking it's like at Juggalo. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, it's like it's back in the day. Like, say, like Sega. For everyone, like Super Nintendo was obviously the better console their games, but they're still like Sega fans. They're like, oh, it's fucking Sega. Sega's awesome. And you can always have that debate with people. But at the end of the day, it's like, is it though? And then eventually it kills itself. Like a Dreamcast, for instance. Uh, Shinmu was good. Whoa. <laughs> but I mean, they, I mean, that's what happened is they bailed themselves out for so long and then they just died. Yeah. That was, that was the end of it. It's a similar situation. I, I don't know at this point, I don't know that there's anyone involved in the wrestling business that wants their name associated with that to try to bring it back. Um, no. Which is the problem because I, I, they can't go to Vince Russo because they already fired that guy like three times. They can't go to the, like Dixie Carter, like Dixie Carter. They fired her. They fired, you know, Eric Bischoff twice. It's like at some point, they have Spencer there who was fired and then rehired. Um, Jeff Jarrett was, you know, fired at one point in time and then rehired and then sold them Global Force and then merged the rights. Now he's gone. It's like at some point there's not there's not that many old guys that are wanting to run a wrestling business. Um, so I don't even know who you would get to straighten that ship at this point, uh, unless there's just John Laurinaitis or. Kevin Dunn, or I, I have no idea. Like, what? Who would even want to run that fucking sinking ship at this point? Is more of a problem than anything Scott else. <laughs> he, yeah, he can put himself shit. over. Does he own a showing? Yeah. <laughs> Good for like, him. I, to answer to answer the question, um, all the times they've clawed their way back, I feel like they've always had kind of an escape plan. And this time, I don't see an escape plan. It's kind of... No, I think it's done. After it sold to Anthem, if Anthem feels like it's just a money pit and they're not making any money off of it, they'll either sell it for what it's worth, which will just be the tape library at this point, um, or just cancel it altogether and cut their losses, which is sad, but I kind of feel like that's... Look at it this way. It's like... It's like any company. When the employees start leaving, there's a fucking problem. Yeah. When they all have great things to say. You know what's funny is that I, I was listening to Jim Ross today. Um, he had his little tribute show, uh, and he had Shivani, and he had um, Mean Gene, but he ended it with Greg Helms. And I think because, I mean, I know, you know, you do this, obviously, when you're interviewing someone. If you're trying to get someone to get, you know, dump shade, I think that in a roundabout way, um, JR was trying to get him to say something about impact. And Greg Helms is, like, the nicest guy about it. He's like, hey, I don't – I don't, you know, hold anything against them. It's like, you know, I have people that I have a problem with over there, and then I have a lot of friends, and, you know, I hope nothing for the best of them. We need more wrestling organizations. And I'm like, wow, that's that's very nice because I've heard everyone else, like, just shit on them. Like, they don't know what they're doing over there. It's a bunch of idiots. Not only that, but how the hell do you have such talent um, over there? It's it's like, dude, does Bruce Prichard and, like, Dutch Fentel, do they not work on some of the fucking um, things? Or are they just there as, like, you know, figureheads in the front and shit? Like, they they could probably help you writing if you're having that type of issue or some shit. I don't even know. But the product that I watched a couple months ago when I started watching Anthem wasn't that bad. And it just sucks to see what happened um, now. Uh, so I'll just leave it at that. 
Um, let's go on to our next topic. Uh, this is uh, something that I'm going to set up, and I'm going to pass it to Chris, because Chris is the one who brought it to my attention. Uh, the reason why I didn't really notice beforehand is uh, we're about to talk about sports, and I don't watch any. Uh, besides MMA and boxing, um, you know, I just don't do the whole sports thing. Hey, have no problem yeah, doing it, uh, but... But that's just me. But a uh, very, very interesting concept still, nonetheless, because something that my brother brought to my attention as well, is wrestling very much so starting to transcend itself in certain ways in other sports, whether it be titles in the NBA, uh, the NHL, and, and certain promotional things that they do, or even the UFC, where people are, you know, basically cut a promo now. I mean, if, if anyone thinks that, uh, uh, fuck, what the hell, Conor McGregor, isn't a fan of Ric Flair, you're crazy. That's all I have to say. But anyways, Chris, um, break down this a little bit because this is very intriguing. Yeah, so the NHL uh, announced that they're doing sort of a partnership with WWE where they're going to have WWE-themed nights uh, in which they're going to have WWE-themed entrance music type stuff for their players uh, as well as, like, limited edition T-shirts that they're going to give out at the game, similar to what they do for Star Wars night. Um, and then as well as uh, a bunch of hockey teams have started incorporating stuff like uh, Ric Flair's woo after a, uh, you know, goal is scored. The Devils are one of the teams, uh, Carolina Hurricanes, I believe, do it as well. So it's it's just funny. And the thing I kind of want to talk about is like the transcendence of how wrestling sort of came into this stuff, specifically Ric Flair um, with all the football promos that he's for college teams and different sports teams. Um, and you know the NBA uh, players buying you know heavyweight titles and they win the championships. It's, it's just kind of funny to see, but I think this is the first time I've ever seen them do a specifically like a specific themed night. I've also noticed uh, in hockey specifically they're doing a lot of like someone gets a penalty or there's a fight they'll play like Stone Cold Steve theme music. So it's just kind of funny to see the crossover in other sports and uh, just kind of wanted to get you guys take on it. Do you think it's cool? Do you think it's lame? You know, how do you think most wrestling fans react to it? That kind of thing. I think it's cool. Because uh, a lot of times wrestling to the uh, uh, the normies, I like to call them, are they think it's stupid, lame, and this and that. But when it's mixed in with the shit they like, like football or baseball or any kind of thing like that, it makes them respect it more. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, going into that a little bit, Philip, and I mean, I think all three of us, well, to an extent, uh, the fact that I have spent such a long time watching professional wrestling and, you know, having friends that are into sports and just hearing the whole like, oh, you know, it's, I mean, if you look at it in the perspective, and I, I'm sure all of us have, have done this and broke it down in our heads, that we watch something where everything's predetermined and they make sure that their goal is to make us believe that it's like to forget about that. And the story they tell is, is to make us believe it's real. And, you know, Phil, you are a wrestler. Uh, it just, it's just, it's a crazy concept, but you always kind of want, you know, people to take it a little more fucking seriously because these guys put their bodies on the line and, you know, they, oh, yeah. they, they have to endure such pain and, and to get that type of shit, you know, there's two people though. If you talk to most sports guys, they're not going to make fun of Ric Flair. They're not going to make fun of Kurt Angle, but that's for totally two different reasons. Uh, Kurt Angle's just 
not Kurt Angle, but uh, Ric Flair has just completely transcended everything. And for some reason, he's like, oh, that's that's Ric fucking Flair, man. He's he's a badass. And, yeah. I mean, you know, it's not like Hulk Hogan where you're just like, what the fuck? Prayers and vitamins. Like, what the hell is with this guy? Yeah. Uh, it, it just, it, it's different. But uh, Phil, do you, do you feel that to an extent too, being a wrestling fan for as long as you have? Uh, for being a wrestling fan as long as I have, which is I guess like 1989. Uh, then also doing uh, the whole wrestling gig thing. Uh, when uh, my buddies who are like, yeah, go dogs and this and that, and then I'm like, I don't really want to come over and like watch uh the game at your house. And he's like, but you would have been WrestleMania, and I'm like, well, yeah, because I like WrestleMania. I don't call you over to watch WrestleMania. Why are you calling me over to watch a game I don't give a shit about? But, yeah, there's a lot of people like that, but it's like some will understand and some won't. You just kind of go, well, I'm doing my thing, so it's whatever. It's still popular. It's it's put into, like, all the shit you read. You're like, oh, Ric Flair's cool because he likes the Falcons. All right, well, now you like Ric Flair. I liked him for other reasons, but whatever. At least there's some level of respect and knowledge. Uh, as, a, as, yeah. as someone that's both a wrestling fan and and a you know football and hockey fan for the most part, it's at the professional level, I'm not really a college sports fan, but uh, I just think it's kind of neat to see you know players get more out there and teams get more out there and be like, look, you know, this is cool too. For a long time, it, it kind of seemed like, Especially growing up, if you were a huge wrestling fan, even if you liked other sports, you would still get criticized for being a wrestling fan. And I still feel like you know, oh, there's yeah. always kind of a stigma around wrestling. So it's think I of think telling it's a good. girl that you're a wrestler. So it's like, oh, like college, I'm like, no, nah, like pro stuff. They're like, ah, that's lame and fake. And I'm like, well, you know what? Screw you. I don't care so anymore. So is your boobs. So is your boobs. So yeah. I, think, I, I think it's cool. Well, you won't know. Like professional NHL teams doing a WWE night and acknowledging it's like, you know, these guys are also athletes and it's entertaining. And like, you know, you can like both sports, like you can like both things. You don't, it doesn't have to be a stigmatism of like, Hey, you know, you like comic book movies, so you can't ever watch a romantic comedy. It's kind of the same thing. It's, yeah, stigmatism that needs to be broken, and I mean, there's tons of them. It's not, you know, it's not just based around sports or anything else. I just thought it was kind of neat. Um, I saw the New Jersey Devils, my favorite team in hockey, is doing a, a night, and a few other teams too. And I, I thought it was kind of cool. Um, I like to see wrestling kind of get out into, you know, mainstream sports. Even when UFC talks about WWE, I still get a little happy inside. I think it's, I think it's good for the. Well, I think it's almost like in the '80s when they did uh, the Rock and wrestling. But yeah, now but it's now, uh, wrestling like, and sports, sports, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, and from what I can tell, it's not like WWE is pushing this out there. It's more like, you know, the the woo thing in hockey is kind of like almost every team plays woo after they score a gold now, or at least I know like eight teams that do specifically. And, and uh, the, the, the wrestling theme songs are starting to come into play. You can kind of tell that there's like a little bit uh, of love there that I'm, I'm kind of glad it's getting shown and, Hopefully, you know, if it doesn't draw anyone in to watch wrestling, maybe it'll, you know, make them just take a step back and go, well, maybe I shouldn't shit on this so hard, especially because my team is bumping this professional wrestler. And um, We'll see. It's just kind of weird because there's such a stigmatism for so long, long about, like, real professional sports versus, you know, 
pro wrestling. Yeah, but those people oh, will go see movies, movies and watch Game of Thrones, and it's never happened in real life. Yep, exactly. But <laughs> I, I think it's kind of cool to see the, the kind of the streams crossing, so to speak, of these these things. Where yeah, it's like when someone goes, well, yeah. wrestling's fake. I'm like, so is Walking Dead, but whatever. There's no zombies. I get what you're saying, Chris, right. and I, I do agree with you. I think that is actually pretty cool that you see that happening. Um, and the more it happens, I mean, I, there – Hey, I hate to tell all the fucking haters, but there's a lot of the athletes that are playing those things that are wrestling fans. So, eat a dick. Yeah. That's all I got to say. I mean, Aaron I mean, Rodgers? That's, that's really. Exactly. I mean, or half your MMA yeah. fighters. The, the guys that watch MMA might talk shit about professional wrestling, but the guys that are actually competing in the ring, a lot of them are professional wrestling fans. They have friends that do professional wrestling. That's like a normal, you know, you go into boxing, you go into MMA, you go into wrestling. It's kind of like a group concept. So, just the haters are gonna be are gonna hate, and it is cool to see, you know, like you're saying, like the woo chants and just just everything like that. That that's awesome. It's it's uh, yeah. You know, wrestling's pretty fucking fun. It's it. I I love it because you get to watch people do some badass shit, and they're basically superheroes and supervillains. I mean, well, it's yeah, the greatest it's sport comic fan thing. Oh, yeah. or comic fan. I don't mean stoners. That's not what I meant. Anyways, let's go to the next subject. Unless did either one of you guys have anything to say last? Chris, I'm I'm good. No, I mean mine was just more like I said. I think it's kind of cool to see the stigmatism break down a little bit, and uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see some of those games and how fans react. I'm kind of wanting to see the New Jersey Devil game and see if there's like thirty, you know, you know, three thousand people that show up with wrestling shirts. Like, kind of just seeing that stuff is always kind of creative. And, it's neat to see a crossover a little bit. As long as Enzo Amore doesn't come out in the middle uh, to cut a promo, unless he slips on the ice, that would be fucking funny as shit. Anyways. Oh, God, I hate I, him. I hate him. I'm Enzo Amore. So yeah, you're, you're, you're on a show with, with two other haters, so don't worry. Um, but I do appreciate, you know, the fact that he's kind of helping out 205 Live, but it's just like for all the wrong reasons to me. But we won't go into that. You know, some people like Led Zeppelin. Some people listen to Pop Trash. Shit happens. And just a majority ends up listening to Pop Trash. That's that's life, right? Here's not something. I'm like that. I'm like Dave. Exactly. Uh, here's something that's not normal in life. Uh, a 72-year-old fucking dude taking a headbutt bump. Um, <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. That's a general statement. Uh, my, my, my next subject I wanted to bring to you guys was last week uh, we had an amazing segment uh, in which they put over Kevin Owens, uh, to, I mean, to the moon, basically, and Vince had a lot to do with it. And uh, it started off with Kevin Owens headbutting Vince. Now, there is like a fucking tree of different limbs of how this could have happened, um, but he, it's so bad that he was bleeding. Uh, some say that, uh, well, actually, I think it was uh, Dave Metzler actually said that what he probably did was he, he took a little bit of a blade job and put some new skin on top of it. Um, I don't really know. I know new skin's basically like an adhesive uh, meant for skin. I, I watched a video over and over again. I was looking at his head. There did not, like, seem to be anything. And if Vince were to have done that, fuck you, because you – sued, uh, you gave Batista a lawsuit. I forgot how much he had to pay for doing a blade job not too long ago. 
And Jericho also was was uh, in trouble for it too because he knew about it. Uh, I heard on the Jericho Network it was a ridiculous amount of money that they made Batista pay for that. And it's like you're gonna do it. Like I know that you're the freaking chief and everything, but whatever. But still, does not matter. He had to hit him hard enough to split that open. Honestly, if if it was split open previous, wouldn't Kevin's impact cause the blood to get on his head? If it was a blade job that you know they put back together and put makeup over or whatever the fuck the reasoning is, either way, I know that Vince McMahon knows about Shibata. I don't think he's an idiot. He knows about wrestling and what's happened in the industry. And I thought it was awesome how they did it and build up Kevin Owens. But Kevin Owens has to also, if you're doing a headbutt hard enough to be able to do that, if we're to believe like there was no, uh, you know, incision beforehand or any work done. Um, Kevin's got to get some damage, too, from doing all that. And, you know, you saw Vince talking to him. He was basically, like, egging him on. I've seen him do the same thing with other wrestlers. Uh, Chris Jericho explains that's usually Vince telling him, like, trying to get him pumped up and pissed off enough to do something. Um, So, you know, I'm not going to blame KO at all on this, because even if he was apprehensive about it, Vince probably told him, no, this is what we're going to fucking do. Uh, It was followed by a super kick, followed by a kick to the stomach, um, a couple random hits that, you know, weren't anything. And then probably the worst one besides the headbutt, the frog splash. What the fuck is Vince McMahon doing? Like, is he crazy? Like, Chris, I I know it was an amazing spot to watch, and it put over KO really, really well as being a super heel, which is the reason why I I saw a lot of people asking the same question I originally did. Why didn't he, like, stun him since he's done a stunner before? Well, that would have put him off as a baby face, honestly. That, That wouldn't have been the smart thing to do. But, Chris... Do you think that at his age he should have taken those bumps? I mean, whether he should or shouldn't is like a completely different story. I mean, he thought that was good for business, and at the end of the day, Vince is a businessman. So, uh, was it good for his health? Probably not. Was it good for his pocket? Probably. Um, I feel like making Kevin uh, Kevin Owens your massive heel or your massive face, depending on how they revolve the storyline, is smart business. He's the best person on the SmackDown roster, maybe with the exception of AJ Styles. And I feel like he's a guy and have a guy you can plug in anywhere. Um, my only problem with this is where it's leading to, which is Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens, which I just don't give two shits about. Um, I do say that it did kind of seem like there was supposed to be more there. I know Meltzer said the original plan was he was supposed to be really, really busted open. Um, So I'm not sure if they gimmicked it in some way where it was supposed to be a lot more blood and and Kevin only got a little bit or what. It was still brutal to see someone take a straight headbutt uh, like that, especially after, you know, Shibata and what, what, you know, basically he did to himself. I thought Kevin Owens did a good job of not giving a shit. in the angle and just continuing to do what he was supposed to do. Um, I do know that Vince is actually fine. Uh, there is no actual, as far as I can tell, there's no actual uh, like concussion or anything like that in the storyline of playing that like Vince is having memory problems, that like there's the concussion stuff, but from everything I've read and seen, it seems like, you know, he planned to do this. They went out there and, and did what they wanted to do. Whether it's smart for someone that's 72 to do that, that's debatable. I mean, Terry Funk just wrestled a full, like two full matches like a couple of weeks ago. And he's like the Very good just, point. So, I, 
I, you know, I don't know that you can take that worker out of Vince McMahon if, if he thinks it's something that's going to help business and um, help his business grow. He's going to do it. And you know, one thing a lot of wrestlers have said about Vince McMahon is he said uh, he said it a ton of times. He's not going to ask someone to do something that he wouldn't do. And for him to go out and do something like this, it's kind of you know, and just shows that he has he still has those fucking giant cojones they used to talk about all the time. Cojones. Early early two thousand. Um, I do think it's kind of dumb at his age to be doing something like that. I think it would have made more sense to do this with, you know, like Shane McMahon or Triple H or, you know, doing it with Triple H would have even made more sense to me because Triple H is is a a wrestler uh, and is still younger. And he also... I didn't want to get hit in the head. He picked he picked Kevin Owens to be his champion. So for Kevin Owens to do a hit with him, it would be even more of a heel move to me. Um, and then also you could have played it up where Triple H literally had post concussion syndrome and couldn't wrestle. If you wanted to play into that storyline, almost like a Daniel Bryan type thing, or like I, I don't know how they would do it, but I think that would have made more sense. Vince Vince being off TV for so long and taking the spot, it's kind of weird because you're making Vince McMahon a sympathetic character, which Vince McMahon is like he's a, the he's fucking, a reverse Austin. Yeah, he's the most he's the most evil person of all time, based on all of wrestling that I've watched for the past twenty years. So, fuck, fuck if I know what's going on, but um, <laughs> that was the weird part to uh, me. But yeah, I, I agree. The bump was kind of scary, but you know, I feel like they pulled it off. Everything seems to be okay. So it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, well, that fucking happened. Not much you can do about it. I think it elevated Kevin Owens, and it, Kevin Owens was definitely fucking trending on Twitter afterwards, so that's good for business at least. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I agree with you. I, I think a lot of what you just said makes a lot of sense. Uh, Philip, how do you feel about uh, Vince McMahon taking a, a headbutt like that at his age, especially if we're to say that it was hard way? Uh I don't know for sure if it was a hard way, but either way, it's pretty fucking cool. Um, he knows what he's doing. He's wrestled before. He's been in the business for how many years? So I'm sure everything went through fine. So I don't know. I don't, uh, like, I guess a lot of of uh, people are kind of like, oh, he hit a old man. no. That's a very tough oh, old man. Oh, do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he's probably like, so what I want you to do is I want you to headbutt me as hard as you can, kid. And he's like, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know. I don't want to hurt you because he's French-Canadian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, okay, I, I'll do it's, it. It's not so much – it's not so much that, Phil. It, it's, it's, it should he – like, should, should Vince McMahon be making decisions to do that? Like, I mean, does he know – Guys, I mean, I hate to say this, but this thing called Alzheimer's and, like, you know, the, the, the things that you can yeah. do in your brain, how that impacts you at such an old age. I mean, holy shit. I don't know. Uh, maybe, it was, maybe it was Triple H's idea because he's trying to get Vince out of the way. I have no idea. It, it, maybe it, that's, it, like, you, his last thing what, to do what, what is, like, do I is, want. It's take a headbutt. Oh, I, I, would, uh, I would also say this. Give me I a headbutt, kid. I think this would have been as big of an uproar if the Shibata injury didn't happen. Yeah, sure. Because it's not like people haven't, it's not like people haven't stiffed headbutts before. Like the thing is, is the Shibata thing is still fresh on everyone's mind. 
and uh, especially with the internet wrestling fan community, um, people that actually watch New Japan, and of course someone like the like you know Meltzer and uh, uh, Brian Alvarez. I mean, it's definitely fresh on their mind, especially with uh, Shibata just coming back and probably never wrestling again um, from a similar spot. So you know, I, I get the outcry about it, but it's like you know. Vince, it's not the first crazy thing Vince, I mean, Vince used to take unprotected headshots all the time, so if anything fucked his head up, oh, yeah. probably you know, Austin lighting his ass up with a chair, or, you know, there's tons of different dumb shit that Vince McMahon has done over the years, it's just amplified by the fact he's 72. Like that one that time he died? <laughs> oh, yeah. Vince is going to be fine. And then uh, Chris and Moore had to shoot storyline it. Oh, oh no! Man, you can't do that. Did I make a 9/11 joke? Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Thanks, Phil, for that. Uh, God. All right. Well, we'll go to the next one. Um, another female wrestler that's going to be making an impact. Not on impact. Uh, Paige. She is medically cleared to come back to WWE. Yeah, I saw a lot of people talking about talking shit about Paige. I've only watched Paige from watching previous matches because I didn't witness her live, obviously. She was. She started her injury, I think, right before I started watching again. Um, so I don't know that much about her, but when I watched her in the past, she's a damn good in-ring wrestler, and she's if she's oh, getting yeah. her ship back to, uh, you know, her her ship together, she's going to be another great person to do absolutely nothing with on Raw or SmackDown while they give the title to whoever the fuck. Uh, but you know, if we're about to be positive about this, she could be an also great in-ring hand with the women's division at, by itself. Uh, Chris, are you excited to see Paige back? Uh, yes, but I would definitely put her on NXT where it's taped, and you can control whether or not her and Alberto Del Rio are going to get into a fight so you're not fucking with your live TV. I feel like she's a good wrestler to go against someone like Carrie Zane or uh, Ruby or some of the girls down oh, there. Yeah. And I think I, I think that she needs to prove herself there again before she goes to the main roster because the live touring dates um, are going to be way more of an effect on her and all the stuff with her and Del Rio that's kind of just heavy baggage at this point. I feel like you test her there first. Uh, that would be the smart money. But I, I don't know if they're going to do that or not. Um, if she comes back, I would prefer to see her on Monday Night Raw because I feel like the show is geared around two people, really, three people. Yeah. Well, Bailey's out, so two people. And I feel like that she would be a good person to kind of throw in there and shake shit up. I feel like the SmackDown women's roster is actually pretty good. And, like, you know, they built characters, and those girls have gotten wins. And Charlotte just came back, and, you know, Becky Lynch is still there. And, he, and Natalia for, you know, you know, the veteran of the locker room, I think that's fine. And, and then you got Carmella, who – Carmella still has money in the bank, right, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I feel like there's more to go with the storyline there. So throwing her on, like, Raw would make sense. And then also it all, all depends on where Asuka lands when she comes back to Because I feel like they're going to put, you know, one on one and one on the other. So if they put Asuka on Raw, which is the rumor, then you'll probably end up with Paige on SmackDown if they go that route. But from a business standpoint to me, I want Paige to prove that she's not going to fuck it up. So I'm putting her on an NXT where at least it's taped television. Um, and you can always write your way around that shit as opposed to like live TV. I like that. Um, 
I could definitely see him doing something similar to that too. And that's, that's a good way to be not judged. Well, I mean, you kind of got to be judgmental to an extent, but you know, just make sure that she's progressing well. Um, what, what do you, what do you think, Phil? Um, I think a lot of people have kind of like shit on her. I mean, she's young in her early twenties and you're going to do crazy stuff. I think welcoming her back would be great, uh, but I do agree with the NXT thing. Uh, put her over there, let her do some work there to prove herself. Um, that's what I think. I think the NXT thing would be the best thing for her to do, not put her on the main show right then, give her a couple storylines on NXT, then send her back to Raw, a whole redemption thing, because she has to go on Raw, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, I could see them possibly sending her back down. I wish that it was a point where if you were to go back to NXT, that that would be a bad thing. Like, I wish that that could be something that that's not, you know, accumulated, I guess, in fans' heads, if anything. But, like, someone like a uh, Ty Dillinger, if, if put him back down to NXT, you're not doing anything with them. Uh, the Ascension, you know, these guys are doing well in NXT. It just sucks that now they have to just be put in the background uh, instead of just being used properly. But, uh, you know, okay. that's also the difference between the guys that run the shows. So uh, Triple H's idea and concept in building these guys is completely different on than Vince McMahon's way of, uh, you know, <laughs> displaying their potential by just ignoring their past and just saying screw it and doing whatever. I don't know. Um, I hope Paige does well. I like her as an injury wrestler. I want to see more storylines involved with her. But I hate to say it, you know, they have, they have a legendary female wrestler that's been just completely in the fucking background uh, with, um, man, what's her name, uh, from ECW. Uh, her and Trish had a really good um, – see, you guys don't even remember what the hell her name is because you forgot about her too. Uh, she was ECW? Are you talking about Mickey James? Thank you, Mickey James. Okay. Um, was she ECW? Mickey James, I haven't. I think she I don't was think ECW so. before she was. All right, she maybe was, I'm making I mean, up she had, shit. I don't remember. She was on Raw, and she had a trip that, like, her original gimmick was that she was like a major Trish Stratus fangirl, and then eventually became yeah, a stalker, and then they, and then they did a like weird lesbian storyline where Mickey James. Some weird shit. And this started coming out of like a weird uh, a Bengals like kind of theme song. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe I first maybe I first she won saw the her title. On TNA. Maybe I'm thinking of that. Um, she was on. No, TNA. that's when she was she hardcore was, country. Yeah, she Mickey James was hardcore country, and she was on TNA. So that might be what well. You're thinking re- regard regardless, what the fuck is Mickey James doing? What the hell is Emma really doing? I know she's part of the the um, the you know women's match uh, this Sunday, but I mean, it just seems like they have so many women, and they just don't have enough to do with them because there's only one title they're all going after. And then we see stupid four-way matches all the goddamn time, and we're we're building with so many amazing female wrestlers. I just wish that they would figure out what the fuck to do with them. I don't know. Kind of goes against what we were saying earlier and what I was saying, you know, and agreeing with you guys that we don't need a female show. You have way too much damn talent. 
that I hope that page does well. I, that, that's what it really comes back down to. But uh, we'll go into the next subject. Uh, guys, this was random and out of nowhere. Two weeks after Survivor Series, I think this is happening. Or maybe it's two weeks before. That's what it is. Starcade is going to be SmackDown's pay-per-view for the month of November. And even stranger, apparently Cody Rhodes has an open invitation to wrestle at it. Um, yeah. Very, very strange. I like that they're using Starcade. Um, shit, I wish that they would bring back, uh, I forgot what I have War Games at it, but whatever, Fall Brawl, I believe. And I would Bash love to see beach. Halloween Havoc. Bash the Beach. Chamber of Horrors. You know, those, uh, oh, God, Chamber of Horrors. I remember that shit. Uh, you know, it would just be great to see these, uh, instead of Battleground or whatever the fuck random stupid ones they have that don't really have anything towards them. I like that they're going Great to... Great Balls of Fire. Great Balls of Fire! Uh, Chris, how, how do you feel about Starcade returning, and do you think that Cody Rhodes will come and wrestle at it? If they want him to wrestle as Stardust, I would tell them to get fucks. <laughs> Unless that payday was massive. Um, <laughs> but other than that, yeah, that would be that would be cool. I like Cody Rhodes. If they're going to do that, I would hope that they would sign him to a full-time contract and not just have him do a one-off and get buried. Um, I would say, a to me, for you to do like a Starcade, I would want you to bring in at least one WCW announcer, maybe someone like Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone uh, and Mike Tanay, they can do it with Corey Graves. It'll be great. Even if it's just like one match or you know something like that, I think something like that would be cool. I feel like that you need to reestablish Starcade. For me, I want WCW stuff. Like I want to have some nuance of WCW. Um, if you're just like going to call your show Starcade, it's just regular ass WWF pay per view. I could care less. I, w- I would rather you just call it Great Balls of Fire at that point. They would need two hosts. Starcade means Starcade means a lot because Starcade was the number one WCW pay per view. It's where some of the most iconic matches in WCW happen. So for you just to take the name and then not even recognize it was a WCW pay per view to me kind of shits on WCW's legacy. So that may sound like I'm a bitter old man as far as a fan goes, but like they're going to really need to bring that shit out and hopefully have some fucking WCW guys there. And by WCW guys, I don't mean like Booker T's on commentary. I mean like fucking do it right and make it something special and enjoyable. Uh, I agree with you. I, I completely agree with you. Philip, do you agree with him? Do you want, do you want your Starcade to have a little bit of meaning to it? Well, it kind of has to. Uh, yeah, I do agree with a lot of WCW guys. I'm talking like the host of the pre-show could be Hogan, Sting, and Flair. And then like commentary could be Shivani, Mike Tanay, and, uh, yeah, Corey Graves. Um, the thing with the Cody Rhodes thing, though, it's like I'd like to see if he does just do a one-off, Cody Rhodes versus AJ Styles. Be That's my ender. That's the main event. If, if if it's true that he got invited, if you will, if I was Cody Rhodes, I would just go grab the paycheck and be the first, I think, indie wrestler technically to be allowed to come wrestle that promotion and dip the fuck out. And I probably would 
involves in some way some marketing for the Bullet Club while I was there. And if you did a him against AJ, that would even be more, you know, uh, make more sense. But, uh, yeah, I, I think what we're saying out there, WWE, because I know that you listen to my, our shows, what we want you to do is bring back Monday Nitro, okay? Fuck, go buy Global Force Wrestling, take the damn talent, take some of their, their southern guys that are in the back, Dutchman Talent, all of them, have them work on it, add some more talent, take out the shitty guys, put it on Thursday nights. Well, I mean, you can't put it on fucking Monday. It's not going to happen. Uh, and do it biweekly, try it and see if people like it. And if they do, fucking put it every week and put Monday Nitro back on the fucking map. You know what I'm saying? We're about to title, tag titles. You can put the Cruiserweight division all on there, because that's how it used to be. Then you don't need 205 Live, and that's not wasting fucking money. And you just put it live, man, on USA, Mother Natro. That's what we want. Right. And on right. Saturdays, you can watch Worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch Guys uh, Like Roadblock versus Terry Flynn. <laughs> I don't that know if I want. On Mondays, one gets over on Saturday. <laughs> With a spin ring. Oh, oh I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want all that, but I definitely feel like if you're bringing Starcade back, like make it about WCW. Don't just be like, here's fucking Starcade. There's a billion other people. Bring in as as much as I was joking, though. If... Wait, what? They did it with Tupac. Even... Hologram Dusty Rhodes oh, to holog- like Hologram Dusty Rhodes. Oh my God. Hey, baby, how's it going? It's like he's commentating. Welcome to Starcade, baby. I don't know if I like that. Like, <laughs> me, me and Gene Okerlund's next to him, like, I don't know if I like talking to you, Dusty Rhodes. This is kind of weird. I don't know. He's shaking. But I'm mean, drunk mean enough, Gene, so whatever. Speaking of which, Mean Gene would be, like, perfect to bring back for a backstage interview role. Like, if, oh, even yeah. if you didn't want Absolutely. to go full commentator, Mean Gene still, like, to me, I know he was in WWF, uh, but, like, he's now. iconic WCW. Yeah, like, he's iconic Absolutely. WCW to me. So... It's, it's, it's a concept that, I mean, I, I don't know, it, it definitely is nostalgic, but as much as I was joking about all that, if they said that they were going to try to do that, like, kind of like, well, it didn't work out at all, uh, you know, uh, them with ECW in the past. If they were trying to bring that whole nostalgia concept and build up something and do something different, I would be down. I just don't think that they would be able to actually do it, um, and that's... What's- WWE, I think they'd be like, this this did well for a while, and then they would just like slowly fucking go away from it. But see, what did work is they did they did one night stand, and you could totally do a WCW one night stand, and not necessarily make it with where they're wrestling WCW people. You could just do it, and just get the announcers and get like commentators and do like guest hosts like Hogan and like you said on the pre-show. There's tons of cool stuff that you can do with that. I just don't want them to name the pay-per-view Starcade. And then it'd be a fucking SmackDown pay per view. Where it's just a Wasn't normal it a arcade and mean anything. Every talent from that. like 2000 WCW. And it just sucks. <laughs> like, I just. just we I got Lash LaRue hey, and Lenny hey, Lane. If, ta- if you're talking about Shane Helms, if you're talking about Shane Helms, AJ Styles, Elex Skipper, I'm down. But like, if you're talking about like yeah. Sid with the fucked up ankle and shit, no, I don't, I don't have uh, really an option for that. Uh, what was the boy band that, that Greg Helms was in? Um, three Count. Three, oh. three Count, man. Oh, Three Count. Evan Courageous. Shannon Moore. was talented. Yeah, yeah but... Shannon Moore, him. Oh, God, their cruiserweights are always incredible. But anyways, let's go to the next subject. we got so many subjects. 
I don't know if we're actually going to get to Raw and SmackDown. Sorry, guys. We'll definitely go over to Mercy's card, though. I promise you that. Uh, we just we talked about the Young Bucks, I think, earlier. Uh, apparently, Young Bucks say that WWE superstars, they didn't name anyone in particular, have been asking them about life outside of the WWE. If people don't understand that concept. Young Bucks are a tag team that have been doing extremely well for themselves. They're part of Bullet Club, but they also have their own merchandise, including their other subgroup within the Bullet Club called the Elite with Kenny Omega. Um, I mean, they sell this stuff at Hot Topic. These guys understand, you know, that they're good businessmen as well as well as great in-ring performers. Um, you know, and it's just uh, it's funny that apparently some WWE wrestlers, Dolph Ziggler, uh, probably reached out to them and asked them what it was like uh, being outside of WWE. Dolph Ziggler! Um, I'm not saying it could be Dolph Ziggler, but it's probably Dolph Ziggler. Uh, he wrote Amy Schumer. <laughs> Chris, what do you think? Did you ask me what I thought, Dane? Sorry, I didn't catch the name. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I said Chris. Um, sorry about that. I, I, that I, think, I, mean, I think it's very possible that there's a lot of talent that want to see if there's pastors, especially with their contracts uh, coming up soon. So, I mean, it's not surprising. And then also, it's, you know, the Young Bucks probably wouldn't have came out and said this beforehand, but with the cease and desist stuff and kind of the back and forth they've had with WWE recently, I feel like there's a lot of them, um, which sucks because I feel like the main person that WWE should be going after is Kenny Omega, and Kenny Omega's not going anywhere without the Young Bucks. So, once again, we talked about this on the cease and desist like two weeks ago. Um, I think it's really dumb, but they're definitely uh, they pissed the young bucks off. So now shit like this is just gonna keep coming out. Uh, I would I wouldn't be surprised to hear more of this in the future. You're absolutely right about that, and I mean you, you know you're not saying obviously that you just want Kenny Omega because the young bucks themselves could do really well. I think in WWE, it just Especially specifically, if these guys are they're at odds with WWE, automatically Kenny Omega is involved by default, um, and that sucks because of you know if we can't get them, I mean shit. I want to see Kenny Omega and AJ Styles at WrestleMania. I'm not crazy for that, you know. I'm sorry, I'm kind of selfish. I think they should have like two great more years at New Japan and go over WWE and have a couple more years. I don't know, fuck. That's or, just, or just or just. Or just fucking work it out with New Japan and book it as New Japan champion versus, like, your champion. And just do the fucking match. Both yeah, they, they haven't done that. They haven't, they haven't done that since the 80s, right? Like, WWE working uh, with... No, WCW like, and all Japan. It was yeah, early WCW. 90s, so it was, it was kind of yeah, the w- 80s. Yeah, WCW did it with uh, all Japan quite a bit. And they would bring in guys all the time, but... It's something you could easily do if New Japan was making money off of it and Kenny Omega wanted to do it. He could totally have a match with AJ Styles. The only thing holding that back is like ego and Vince not wanting to make as much money at WrestleMania as possible. See, if I was Vince, I would be doing – I mean, if I was Vince, I don't even know really what I would be doing, but I would want something like that because that, I think, would bring attention. You have the, US, you have the USA champion – of New Japan facing your U.S. champion, um, you know, and it's a cross-promotion thing. Shit, honestly, I mean, I know a lot of people would disagree with me. Since, since uh, John Jones had all of his problems, obviously, with the whole 
finding stuff in his pee or whatever the fuck. I mean, uh, I would, if I was a man, I would just host a damn match myself, put it in Vegas, and then go to it like WrestleMania 2 style at one point for one of your main events and have him go against Brock Lesnar in an MMA fight and just sponsor the whole entire fucking thing. But they, can, maybe they can't do thing. that because uh, they can't do that because the athletic committee has to sponsor legitimate fights that are shown on TV. And so uh, he failed that. He has well, how were they able to do with uh, Owen Hart and um, was that was that, that that was probably shot or that was, that was a fake. Yeah, that wasn't a shoot. So it's one of those things. that's kind of like that's gray. Um, but what I would say is, as far as like, you could build that storyline up so good with Kenny Omega and be like, we're doing it, but we're doing it in New Japan. So you get the New Japan crowd. You can pre-record it. No one will know the fucking difference. And then you can just fucking, um, or you can do it live. Whatever. Fuck it. Who cares? But anyways, you could build it around where it's like Kenny Omega's rules, and they just do a time limit draw, and they both have the titles. Or you could even do it against Okada. Um, but there's ways to do that, and make both champions look fucking great by them having a five, six star match. And you're going to make fucking tons of money off of it. Cause who doesn't want to see like Kenny Omega versus AJ Styles or Okada versus John Cena. And it's like a once in a lifetime thing. They're like, we're never doing this again. It's like, this is the only time it's ever going to fucking happen unless one of these people leave the company. And if you build it like that, I feel like a lot of fucking people are going to watch it. Even people that are just new Japan fans that don't watch WWE, they're going to be like, shit, well, I guess we need to watch this fucking match. I agree. I, I would wish and hope that that would happen. I just unfortunately don't see it. Be- like I said, and we're going to witness this eventually, I think a lot of things are going to change. And I mean, I might just be putting a lot of lost hope in somewhere, but once Triple H takes over everything, I think a lot of things are going to change. I think that a lot of this stuff is Vince McMahon and his own isms, if you will. Uh, but what, what do you think, um, Philip, about this whole entire thing? Do you think that there's WWE talent uh, talking to the young bucks about like, hey, how's it going? How you're doing? You know, without this whole WWE thing, like, do you see that happening? Um, well, with the uh, the power of social media, yeah, I, yeah, I, I totally think that there are guys who know them or have worked them in the past, or uh, they follow them on Twitter or whatever. Probably ask them fucking questions. I'm sure they do. Um. But I, I don't see that as anything bad. I guess they're like, hey, what's it like uh, not being a slave? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Sucks for me. Um, I would like to see uh, how we were talking about a, a cross-promotion thing. I'd like to see the Young Bucks versus the Hardys. Oh, they've, they've that would done be that cool. when uh... – Hardy's uh, went to Ring of Honor. They actually went against them and oh, yeah, yeah, the Ring of Honor, Honor. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about in the WWE? Yeah, I agree with you on that. That would be great. Yeah, like a um, WrestleMania thing, like WrestleMania meets Japan. Yeah, that would. I mean, God, if they had a WWE meets New, uh, New Japan, New Japan was working with Ring of Honor and their talent, so we get to see Jay Lethal right. and the Young Bucks too. Holy shit, man. That would all just be fucking amazing. But you guys are making me all excited about this stuff, and it's not going to happen at least anytime soon. So let's talk about something that might be happening soon, our last subject, before we go into the matches for No Mercy. Um, guys, uh, I'm actually really down with this, and it just sucks because they're going to do this, and like I said, based on uh, the, the where they are in wrestling, um, apparently women's uh, Royal Rumble might be in the mix for next Royal Rumble. 
I don't know if it's going to be 30 man or woman, if you will. Uh, maybe they'll, hey, they'll reduce the shit right, man. Sorry, sorry. Oh, shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to reduce to 20 or something, but all I know is that apparently this, this is going to be in the works and it might be at the next Royal Rumble or as soon as the next Royal Rumble. What I could see them doing is taking a lot of this talent that they displayed in the Mae Young Classic and just basically they're going to have to mix everyone they have together. Uh, but once again, once they're done, a lot of those female wrestlers are not going to be seen again. Uh, you know, in the WWE, or at least anytime soon. Uh, so, how do you feel about a female uh, Royal Rumble? How many people would you do? Would you do 30, or would you reduce to 20? And what do you think about talent being used specifically for that, and not really having a home for them afterwards? Uh, Chris? Christopher! If you're talking, you mute, you're on mute. Bro, I had to piss. Sorry. I'm back. No, you're good. You're good. Um, <laughs> hey, I've done it too, man. I've done it too. If you guys don't know, just to let you know, sometimes we don't get a chance to hear each other's stuff because you're like, okay, I got like a two-second window to go pee. Hopefully they can talk long enough for me to get the fuck out of here. Because we, we do these things. I, you two hours. I did hear you. I So I know, I know what you're talking about. So uh, I think okay. that's a great idea. And I feel like... Um, it's a good way to get the title off whoever your NXT champion is, especially if they go with a long title reign like they did with Asuka, because she wins the opportunity, she forfeits the NXT title, and then you can move her directly up to the main roster. That route with Carrie Zane where she goes undefeated or she wins the title and holds, has like a long title period and drops it. I feel like it's a good way to get someone up to the main roster. Or if you just want to do something like, holy shit, Ronda Rousey just won the fucking Royal Rumble. Like, I think it's cool, and I think there's a lot of women's talent you bring, and then I think you can do some really cool, like, you know, someone that obviously can't work full-time, someone like Trish Stratus. Like, you could bring back Trish Stratus for, like, a one-off. And, like, that kind of stuff is, like, really interesting to me, and I feel like there's enough female talent out there. Um, then you could get some, like, even funny spots if you got someone like Session uh, Session Moth or, you know, a few other indie workers that work the May Young tournament. I feel like there's a way you could fill that roster up with 30 fucking people, have a great women's uh, royal sexy match. star. And actually, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> God, no, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> but I feel like you could still do 30 people, and it'd be awesome. People just like the Royal Rumble because yeah. they get to see you come out. <laughs> They're fun, man. I mean, it makes sense. And, uh, did, I, did I kill you with that sexy Yeah, no, right? and what I would say is uh, go old school with it and do, like, a couple of weeks of people pulling their numbers for the Royal Rumble. And when they pull their numbers, just do the same thing you did for the Mae Young prelude, where they just show, like, here's a video of who this person is. And then, like, try to make you care about them. So even if it's, like, a couple of random people, you can be like, well, they did this in the Mae Young Classic, and they're this all over the world. But do it based on them, like, drawing their number for the Royal Rumble. I feel like there's a really easy way to do that. And it makes a lot of sense because they have a lot of female talent. And I, I think it would be really cool to see. I like that. I, I, I agree with you. Um, Philip, do you think that Sexy Star should be one of the uh, combatants in this uh, Women's Royal Rumble? No, no, not at all. She she should uh, go fucking check her shit out. That, that's insane that she actually purposely hurt a person because I've yeah, hit a person wrong and I'm just like, oh, I'm fucking sorry. I punched you in the face. 
But uh, that that was blatant, and fuck her. I hope her fucking career dies. That's how everyone feels, man. All right, but honestly, uh, and I would love to see. I will say though, you know, I don't think it's gonna happen. But if um, Rosemary were to like be in this Royal Rumble, I'd love to see her there. Not not sexy star though. She can go fuck herself, like you said. How do you feel about this Royal yeah. Rumble idea with uh, thirty women, and especially keep in, keep in mind that some of these women are not gonna be full time even afterwards. So they might have to like pull all the women they have together to even bring twenty or thirty in the ring. Would you still be down? Uh yeah, actually I'd like to see that. I I think you could take from Raw, uh take let's take five of their top. SmackDown, five of their top. NXT, five of their top. Okay. Bring three women from the May Young thing. Um and uh like two, two legends or something like that. Yeah, like Ivory and Trish. That would be awesome. You could do Jackie or Jackie Trish, or whoever. Know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gail Kim. Gail Kim. Uh, well, yeah, I don't think she's gonna be having anything to do in a couple months uh, with TNA. So, you know, how about Luna Vachon? You could have her come out. I don't even know how Luna's doing. I'm sure she's fine. I think you Luna. Know, the glo- I, I, I think she might be dead. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's awful. Yeah, it uh, was one of those you kind of have to, like, search for. Yeah, I think she is. And if she's not, I apologize to the Vachon family, but I think she's dead. Well, I apologize. So we could hologram uh, yeah, her. Luna, 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 Luna Vachon passed away in 2010. So she is, uh, oh. she is deceased. So moment of silence for well, Luna guys. Vachon. All right, there you go. All right, there you go. Apologize, Linda Bashan. That's enough. Well, uh, we could def- we could do the Glamazon then. She could do it instead. Anyways, what I'm saying is that women's Royal Rumble match does seem like it would be a lot of fun. We'll find out. Hopefully, this Royal Rumble they'll try it out. You know, I mean, that's fine with me. Take a chunk out of the thing. Do a women's one and the men's one. Shit, maybe do the men's one and then the women's one and then do the main event. I don't know. Change it up. Be a little bit daring. I like to see Goldust win the transgender Rumble. Oh my god! I would like for him just to enter both, which would be fucking awesome. <laughs> that would be great if Goldust showed up at both. Him and the uh, Velveteen Dream—they're both—they're like, no, we're allowed to do the women's one. Like, no, you're not allowed to do it. What are you talking about, you crazy asses? Get out of here! All right, guys, let's go over to No Mercy's card. All right, so I'm going to say a match to you guys, and you're going to tell me who you think will win the match and if the match will be good or not. Uh, kind of easy. Okay. And the first one is going to be kind of disappointing because I think this is not going to be a good outcome. Uh, we have for the Cruiserweight Championship, Neville versus Enzo Amore. Um, uh, God damn it. I, dude, I understand what they're doing, and they're, they're, they're smart for doing it. Enzo has helped out 205 a lot with the ratings as far as, you know, being watched on the network. So the, the exact plan is working. The fact that I think that Enzo Moore is about to beat Neville for the fucking Cruiserweight Championship is crazy. And only if he doesn't beat Neville, it's because they want to prolong this and eventually, uh, you know, have him beat Neville. So no matter what, it's probably going to be Enzo on top over one of the greatest in-ring wrestlers in the fucking WWE. So I don't see you, it. I, 
I think personally Enzo is going to fucking win it. Unfortunately, I think the match is not going to be that great. I don't even think Neville can get that good of a performance out of Enzo. Unless he's been really taking his vitamins and saying his prayers and all that shit. Uh, Chris, do you agree with me? I honestly think this might be a good match. And I, I will um, I'll just go on a limb and say why. Like Neville is going to work a really, really slow style on the ring. And then you're just going to get Enzo hitting his like couple high spots. And then, you know, Neville's going to finish him with probably the uh, Tequila Sunrise, which I think is his finisher. Or Rings of Saturn, right? Rings of Saturn? Yep. I'm assuming that's probably what's going to happen. But I think it, I don't think it's going to be as bad of a match as people think it's going to be. I think it'll be better. I feel like the problem with Enzo is that he was working with people that were so much bigger than him that it wasn't believable. And now that he's kind of working more with, like, smaller guys. His matches haven't been as bad. And uh, I feel like Neville will plan this shit out way ahead of time. Like, they'll have, like, a good match already planned. Like, they've probably been planning this match for, like, a couple, couple weeks at least. So, I feel like it'll come out pretty good. I don't think it's going to be, like, one of the better matches of the night, but I don't think it's going to be, like, the drizzling shits either. Okay. Well, oh, and I'm I, glad I, have ne- I have... So, yeah, I have Neville so winning is... with, uh, by submission. Well, um, when, when it is the drizzling shits, I'm going to come after you because you just gave me optimism that I don't think I should be feeling about this at all. So I'm just being honest with you, Chris. Hey, just being honest. Just being honest. Oh, God, I can't say that anymore. Uh, who do you think is going to win, uh, the Dark Elf or DDP's uh, a Bastard Son? Uh, gay oh, nephew? I should address you. <laughs> I don't think he's gay. I don't know. I didn't ask him. No, who I don't do you think he called? is. Um, well, <laughs> hopefully, I, I hope it's Neville. Uh, I think he could, he could go through a few more storylines with some guys to, to get the perfect guy to take it off of him. Um, I just don't like Enzo Amore. I, I never liked his character. And then when I found out that like his resume for like indie shows is zero, he's all performance center. But he talks shit about like all these places, like he that he uh, you know worked in Jersey. No, he didn't. It's just it's just one of those things. He was trained by an indie league, but like he never wrestled a match with them. But apparently, like the guy who owned the gym that he was training at. New Triple H, and somehow they made a deal, and you have Enzo Amore now. Well, thanks, Triple H. It's no problem. I thought that he was really funny. He's a wacky guy. Ugh, God damn it. All right, well, next match that makes me also go, God damn it. Uh, we've talked about this at length. I've made a huge deal of it and cried a little bit. Uh, is the what they're doing with Finn Balor and Bray Wyatt, they had potential to have a great feud and now they kind of rush together and it's just basically this match that they're telling us ahead of time that Finn Balor's not going to be in makeup because Bray Wyatt made that like, you need to do it without the demon. And I have to say, you know, I, I've checked out some of, of uh, Finn Balor back when he was in New Japan, uh, his promos, and when he was able to cut loose, he was able to get a good promo, but you could totally tell that he's memorizing stuff. And his his delivery isn't so bad, but the, the what he was saying was just dumb. And, like, I get the ending, and it was fine, and, but there's nothing about this I really care of. I hope that fucking Finn Balor wins. If Bray Wyatt wins, I'm going to be pissed off. 
uh, about this, and I wish they'd find some way to make these guys. I wish they would make Bray Wyatt more appealing, and I wish they would give Finn Balor more of a bigger position than they're giving him. I mean, I really just feel like they just have nothing to fucking do with him, uh, and Bray Wyatt for that matter. But, uh, Chris, how do you feel? I feel like this will be the worst match of the night, and I probably. also feel like probably going to this match will definitely be worse than the Enzo versus Neville match. Oh, God, don't say that, man. Oh, wow. Uh, do you feel that way, Phil, too? Do you think that it's going to be that bad, or do you have some hope and some optimism for Finn Balor and Bray Wyatt's match? I want to be optimistic because it's two supernatural kind of uh, gimmicks going against each other. The only problem is I think they're still trying to they're they're still trying to make Wyatt the Undertaker. They're pushing him, but they're not really pushing him. And I think they're trying so hard to get something like some kind of uh niche with this gimmick. And I'm like, well you've gave him so long, it's like how about you give it to Finn Balor, who is a different kind of demon. It's just demon versus demon, but you know, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's. Um, I, I like Bray Wyatt, but it's just we're not getting what we need with him as a character. Like I get it, he's a fat Aquaman, but like let his demon powers go into where he's basically the Undertaker. He's a fat Jason Momoa. We get it. I want to, I want to elaborate. On the I, I, I want to elaborate on why I think this match is going to be bad. Um, sure. They're going to gimmick this match because they took Finn Balor's powers away, so now I feel like Bray Wyatt is going to have all the power, and they're going to do so some stupid off. gimmick. Yeah, and that's going to be the match. It's going to be like, here's another stupid Bray Wyatt gimmick. And I'm going to what I would like to see to be awful. What I would like to see is that, you know, they do the, the match normal. <clears throat> they have a decent match or whatever. I didn't think their last match was that bad. I agree with you. I mean, all of us can remember WrestleMania with fucking Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt and just go, what the hell was that? But if they were to do a spot, and they're probably not going to do this at all because it would be awesome, uh, that where Finn is wearing, you know, glow-in-the-dark, uh, whatchamacallit, and Bray tries to go and do one of his teleports, but when the lights go out... He's right there, and he grabs Bray, lights go right back on, and then, you know, it goes from him being the demon to being normal like that, that type of effect, and then he beats the shit out of him and ends him. You know, you could do this right, but they're probably not. They're probably going to do exactly what the hell you're thinking they're going to do, and that's what they do, you know? And the thing about Bray Wyatt, he's not the fucking Undertaker. He doesn't He doesn't remind me at all of the Undertaker. There's, there's no, like, you know, I, I don't understand. I think WWE's doing that, but don't. Look what you did with Dolph Ziggler, basically, and now you're making him make fun of Shawn Michaels. But, you know, like I've said in the past, you will have a guy that comes along, AJ Styles, that becomes the heir apparent Shawn Michaels, but doesn't try to actually be Shawn Michaels. He's his own guy. He might be influenced by him. Undertaker, you're never going to make another Undertaker. Aleister Black is your best bet, and Triple H set it up perfect that you're probably going to fuck it up Vince once it comes to Maine. But still... Don't push that concept on anyone. Okay, Roman, Roman Reigns is not the next Undertaker, Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt's more close to Raven. He's more close to Jake Snake Roberts. He's more close to that style of concept. Well, he's Max Katie from Cape Fear with powers. 
Exactly. No, perfect, perfect concept. It just aggravates me because I do like both these guys, and especially Finn Balor, and I want them to see him, you know, just treat it better. I mean, they're still on the main pay-per-view. I get that. But I'm just saying that it should be better than it is. All right, we're going to spit these up pretty quickly, guys. I just realized it's 845. Wonderful. Wonderful. Let me ask you, Intercontinental Championship, is Jason Jordan going to beat The Miz? I think they're actually going to put the title on him. And, you know, the way they've been building him, I actually do like what they've been doing with Jason Jordan for the most part, other than the Kurt Angle shit. Uh, I like his in-ring work. Uh, I would like to see The Miz chase after Jason Jordan, but who knows? They might just have Miz beat him from the Miz Tourage or whatnot and then retains the title. But I'm going to go on a limb and say Jason Jordan's going to win. What do you think they're going to do, Chris? Miz is going to win. Um only because I don't – did he beat Honky Tonk Man streak yet? Because if not, then – Nope. Okay. So Miz That's is going right. to win because they they want to give him that talking point. And then uh, when they when Jason Jordan finally beats him, it will seem like a bigger – I do think Jason Jordan is going to get the Intercontinental title at some point. I just don't think it's right now. And I feel like there's a lot of ways to swerve that match just because of the Miz Taraj. But also, like, I don't think it's necessarily the best idea to take the title off Miz. Unless you're going to throw Miz into the main event picture, I, I feel like it's kind of dumb to take the title from him because he's the most over person at the intercontinental level that they have. So He's one of the most over people that they have, period. I mean, uh, the, the reaction he's able to get out of the audience, they're not bored when he's there, and we all agree with that. But uh, what, what do you think, Phil? Do you, do you got the Miz, Jason Jordan for the Intercontinental Championship? Well, obviously it could go two ways, Jason Jordan winning or the Miz. Um, I would like to see the Miz surpass Honky Tonk Man because I hate Honky Tonk Man. Um, Me too. Yeah, his, his fucking shoots are dreadful. He's an Plus, asshole. Like, one of my uncles is a big honky-tonk man guy, and, like, would be like, he was there because of champion with this, and I was like, yeah, well, fuck him. He sucks. <laughs> he, he's just Jerry Lawler's bitter cousin. He is. But, um... Oh, shit, he is. Oh, yeah, he is. Uh, but... I see the Miz winning so they can surpass the honky-tonk man. I want to see that, but I also want to yeah. see Jason Jordan, you guys who are probably right. is now... Jason Jordan, who is now a singles wrestler, uh, now he's got the tutelage of Kurt Angle in his bloodstream. Um, and I think they could have him win it or have him lose this one, let Mrs. Honky Tonk Man shit go to where it needs to go, then have him win. Um, also, did you guys see the meme that was Kurt Angle and Charmel, and it then showed a picture of Jason Jordan? I was oh. like, <laughs> I got all nerd yeah, about it, and I was like, well, he would be like 13 now. You know, I was like, he'd be like 13. He, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, Jason Jordan is like 30. All right. All right, so I'm going to – these two I know – I mean, I care about them to some extent, but I want to get into the meat you know, of this whole entire thing. So we're going to do the Raw Women's Championship match and the Raw Tag Team Championship together. So we have Alexa Bliss going against Sasha Banks, going against Bayley, going against Nia Jax, going against Emma for the Raw Women's Championship. And then Shield, what up the D, uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins versus DeBar, Shamus and Cesaro versus, I believe, 
Maybe it's just the two of them, but I thought that the brothers were a part of this too, but I could be wrong. I, it's it, on my Dudley website saying that. No, uh, the good brothers, uh, the club. I thought they were part of this whole entire thing, but I guess I'm wrong. Oh. Uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins were Sheamus and Cesaro and the women's match. Who do you think is going to be the winner, Philip? For the women's, which is, was, is, is that a five-way? Yep. Alexa Bliss, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Nia Jax, and Emma. Sasha Banks or um, who's the uh, Harley Quinn chick? Alexa Bliss. Yeah. The current champion. Either one of those. Huh? I could agree with that. I, I I don't think they're giving it to Bailey. I honestly think it's going to be either Nia or Alexis. Uh, myself. What do you think about uh, Dean and um, Seth Rollins versus Sheamus and Cesaro for the Raw Tag Team Championships? They're going to have Rollins and Dean go over, give them a couple months of a good reign, and then lose them to probably Sheamus and Cesaro or um, the Hardys. I hope they make like another tag team with two wrestlers that are normally singles competitors instead of using their tag teams. That'd be good. Um, what do you think, Chris? Uh, how, how do you feel about the women's match? How do you feel about the tag match? I feel like Alexa Bliss is going to retain with a pinfall victory over Emma. Um, Nia Jax will probably squash Emma and then get taken out by Bailey and Sasha, and then Sasha and Bailey will argue outside while Alexa still win. And for the tag team match, probably gonna, I think the title is going to stay right where it's at. I don't feel like it yet because I feel like that's just turning to a heel turn for one of those people in the shield. So I feel like that's when you... See, I, and I hope that it's Seth that goes heel because I like him better as a heel and I think that would make Dean go more unhinged and I would prefer a crazy-ass uh, Dean Ambrose than a fucking, you know, nice... I don't know. I, I mean, some of the stuff they were doing was funny. The whole, like, I don't like being called a nerd shit that they did. Uh, some of it was funny, but it's going to get old real fucking quickly. John Moxley is, like, one of the best heels I've ever seen, so I hope he's the one that turns. I think that they could pull that off and still have him as a baby face, though. With Seth Rollins, he's got to either be one or the other, and I like him better. I think it's probably going to be Dean Ambrose because it would make more sense to keep Seth as a baby. But personally, with me, I'd like to see the opposite. Uh, We got those two matches, guys. The WrestleMania-level matches. We got John Cena versus Roman Reigns. Really looking forward to this. I know Roman's probably... Most likely going to go over, but I think John's going to really yeah. be able to get a good match out of him. And I think Roman's, I think he's a good wrestler anyways. You know, he, you could say he's a boring wrestler. He doesn't do it that much. He's still a good in-ring hand, so they're going to have a good match. And like I said, Reigns, Spear, at some point, beats John Cena. Then they respect each other and they give a fucking handshake. Maybe a hand job. I don't know. Uh, Philip, who do you think's going to win? Between Reigns and Cena. Um... Yeah. I'm gonna say Reigns. You know they're they're trying to push him down our throats, and what better way to beat the guy who's been on top for over ten years? I mean, it makes sense. Then uh, again, but, though, they uh, might not. That no, it, they might they might throw a curveball. But I I don't know. It's it's like one of those I'm. I'm probably gonna see Reigns win, but I don't know. Uh, 
I really want to watch this match. But it's be an awesome I think match. there's news that Cena's supposed to like leave for a while, like after this match. So it makes you think you probably Roman. Well, he's got to film, um, I believe, uh, the Bumblebee movie. Uh, very, very soon they start recording that. So I could definitely see Roman beating him just for that main reason. Oh, uh, Transformers movie? This, yeah, there's a Bumblebee spinoff coming out. Chris, I, I think that damn this it. potentially could be... It's not It's not from... We, we're not even going to that. But it's not from whatchamacallit. It's going to be a new thing from a good director. I forgot what his that's name a whole, is. Yeah, that's a whole different thing. Eggs. Yep, um... Cena and Reigns, I think, has potential to be the match of the night. Do you agree with me, or do you think that it's actually not going to be that great of a match? Chris? I definitely agree with you, and I think the reason it's going to be match of the night is because John Cena is going to beat Roman Reigns. Elevating John wow. Cena back up, back up to the status he was before, because they know that Roman Reigns is their biggest heel, whether they want him to be a heel or not, and that's how you make John Cena popular again. So I feel like John Cena gets a win here, even if he's not on TV for a couple of weeks afterwards. Well, we'll, we'll have to see about that. Um, I mean, if they do that, guys, very ballsy, but I would like it. Uh, I wish they would not try to have Roman Reigns the gray area or whatever the fuck he said in the past. He should just be a heel. I mean, he would just work way better as that. But then they don't have a guy to take it from Cena afterwards. Oi, what are they going to do? Oi, vague. Um... We got our last match, Universal Championship, Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman. There were reports before that Brock Lesnar was going to be taking a break from WWE. None of that I have found has anything to back it up. So that's probably bullshit. But Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman, I unfortunately think that's going to be a great match. It's going to be a lot of fun. These guys are going to beat the shit out of each other. But Brock Lesnar is going to retain that Universal Championship and Braun Strowman is going to go home without a belt when I think that's a really stupid idea. If it was me, put the fucking title on Braun. He's over his shit and build the fuck out of him now. But they're not going to do that. Uh, no. They're going to keep Brock as champion probably until fucking Mania. Um, but what do you think is going to happen, Phil? With Strowman and Lesnar, it's going to be a good It's going to be a good match. Uh the only problem is I think Lesnar will go over. I think they're saving WrestleMania to be Lesnar and Reigns. I don't want to see that, but we probably... No one does. We will. Um, I like Strowman. Um, he reminds me of... Um, do you remember uh, the movie Bloodsport? Yes. He reminds me of an angry version of that character that was friends with Van Damme in the movie. Yeah, uh, I remember the one you were calling it, right now, but it's 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 something Gib. He also looks like Michael Anthony from Van Halen, but yeah. He looks like that to me, and for some reason, that's like one of my favorite bands and one of my favorite movies. So I just cheer for him anyway. He's like the new Hogan, well, it, it, I guess. It doesn't. Well, I, you know, I mean, it doesn't help the fact that he's the size of Hulk Hogan and he has the attitude of Steve Austin. I keep on saying that, Chris. Who is <laughs> yeah. between the two of them for the Universal Championship? I actually, Lesnar. I have Brock. I have Brock. Uh, 
I have Brock Penn to lose here, and I have Strowman winning the title. And the reason I say this is I feel like you're going to end up with a four-way Lesnar, Cena, uh, Braun, and uh, fuck, one other one other person. Samoa but Joe. Definitely, maybe Samoa Joe. They'll filter someone in there, but I feel like it's going to be a four-way. What about Big Show? Probably not. I think I think I think shows out for a while now. Unfortunately, did you think yeah, I think he went from Andre to King Kong Bundy? Yeah, he looks like they're a fucking baby without the facial hair. It's ridiculous. All right, well, guys, that's it. We did a great show tonight, and I'm very happy about it. Uh, talked about a bunch of stuff. Can't wait to talk to you afterwards about what happens at No Mercy, and uh, just check out some wrestling stuff. I want to thank. My wonderful co-host, Mr. Christopher Ray Patton. Hope you have a wonderful evening, buddy. And uh, go ahead and sign off to all the people listening out there. hey Y'all all have a good night and a great week. And, of course, our special guest. Thank you, Philip, for coming on with us. And definitely, uh, you know, make any plugs you want to make right now. All right. Hey, uh, if you want to... If you want to catch uh, OSWA on the internet, check out OSWA.tv. We have a Facebook page, uh, Old School Wrestling Alliance. Um, We have a YouTube that's OSWA Entertainment. Check it out. Hell yeah. Always support local wrestling, guys. Definitely check it out. You guys have a good night, and I have a little uh, jamage for you to listen to. The Lobster Black Rex and Undertaker. Yeah! Peace out, motherfuckers! Oh, cursing. You've been listening to Geek Boys. Have a good one.